We are back in the Gospel according to Luke this week. And you'll see there in the bulletin that our second reading this morning, in case you'd like to follow along, is from Luke chapter 13, verses 10 to 17. Hear now the word of the Lord. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. And when Jesus saw her, he called over to her and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When Jesus laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites! Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound for eighteen long years, be set free from this bondage on this Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things he was doing. Let us pray. Almighty God, we ask that on this Sabbath day, this day where we are able to find rest, a time when we are able to set apart a time with you in meditation and fellowship and praise, that our hearts are able to be restored, that they may find new energy as we listen to your script, holy scripture and as we listen for the ways in which you are calling us to live life. I sometimes forget how much you know about me and how much I've told about some of the things I enjoy. So I saw I would just say a little bit this morning that I'm a fan of Gene Roddenberry's uh, Star Trek series. <laughs> to me, there's, <laughs> there's something about exploring the stars that just captivates the imagination. But there's something else that I find intriguing about this world Roddenberry created, and that is the utopia-like Earth. You see, in Roddenberry's universe, there is no more war among the nations. Well, I guess to be clear, there aren't any nations at all. And things like poverty and illness don't appear to be a concern anymore. But for me, the interesting part about that is that the progress that was made didn't happen overnight. In this other universe, it took another world war and constant work from generations to build a society that benefited all people. But there's one episode that stuck out to me as I thought about the scripture this morning because I thought it spoke hard to what was going on in this reading from Luke. And it's this episode that takes place in a familiar city, uh, the city of San Francisco, in the year 2024. It focuses on what are called sanctuary districts. But ironically, these districts don't provide anything you would expect to find 
in a sanctuary, but instead are places where those who are mentally ill or those who just need a little more help and those without jobs are tucked away and hidden from society. For me, what really sticks out in this episode is a quote from someone who's observing these districts, who gives this quote where they say, causing people to suffer because you hate them is terrible. But causing people to suffer because you've forgotten how to care, that's really hard to understand. That is where we find ourselves this morning. We see ourselves coming face to face with the tensions that arise between what we think is essential and what is important and what God tells us is important. The things that matter to us are a reflection of our core values. So it's vital that we take the time, that we take the opportunity every now and then to stop and assess the things that make us who we are. We need to ask ourselves, do we care more about following the law and every letter of the, the rules that are out there? Or is it our love and our ability to care that sometimes matters more? It's a question that we need to ask ourselves, not because we set out each morning, or I don't know, maybe you do, but it's not that we set out every morning with the intention to beat others over the head with the rule, but because we are hardwired to find comfort in a set of rules and regulations that make sense to us as we make our way through this very chaotic and unknown world. And sometimes then we find that we are in need of a catalyst that will mix things up for us in unexpected ways. But I think that as modern readers of this passage from Luke, we don't always come from a background of in-depth knowledge of what it means to practice the Sabbath. So perhaps then we should just take a moment to reflect briefly on the conflict we find in this morning's reading. Because it appears that the stage has been set once again for a, another round of Jesus versus the synagogue leaders. That could be a fight series, I don't know, but reality TV. But we would expect this fight to happen. It's one that we've seen countless times before. But if we look below the surface of what's going on, we'll find that there is something more to what the synagogue leader's intentions are. Because to the synagogue leader, healing was work. And it was a day, and it was being requested on a day that was supposed to be a sacred day of rest that was given to them by God. The woman, though, who was bent over had an ample, and the woman, and I should say that, that this leader felt that the woman who had been bent over had an ample number of opportunities to come and seek relief from her pain. So she shouldn't try and circumnavigate or bypass the law now. But Jesus challenges this reality. The realities in which the synagogue leader and we ourselves have become accustomed to. Which can be unsettling and perhaps scary as well because it means that the rules we thought we do have changed. You see, for Jesus, the question isn't about what is and isn't considered working on the Sabbath. For Jesus, the issue at hand 
is that there is a daughter of Abraham who is suffering from affliction so great that it has become a debilitating way of life. While we may not think of it as a glamorous argument, Jesus uses a simple example to reorient our hearts and minds. We hear that. Where Jesus says, wouldn't each of you take care of your animals on the Sabbath? Otherwise they die, so why would you not do the same for this daughter of Abraham who is bound by death? They say that sunshine is the most effective disinfectant. And I would add that the same is true for how we adjust our lives to the will of God as well. Sometimes it takes a moment of clear revelation to jolt us into settling on a path in which we know we are aligned with the things that are important to us and important to God. Assessing those things, though, is another matter because it isn't easy. Because it means that we'll find some things are in need of a little or a lot of adjusting. Pulling from my earlier reference before, those sanctuary districts weren't disbanded until people living in them protested and people saw then what was really going on. We here also hear many voices. We hear many voices crying out to us who are in need of attention, in need of help. And we'll find that many things will startle us. They'll shake us, make us feel challenged or even attacked. And yet we'll find that in all those times, Jesus is the one pushing all of those buttons in an attempt to get our attention. When we've caused suffering because we've forgotten how to care, it's a sign that we need to take a step away and take stock of the things that are in our lives. This past week, I've emphasized what it means for us to care for our neighbors and for our community, but this week, we're given a chance to look inside ourselves. I mean, how can we help others if we don't know what, it, what makes our own heart and passions be? Because if we don't purposefully dedicate time to look at ourselves, then we might run the risk of continuing living on in the same way, perhaps and even unintentionally hurting others along the way. But the fruit that is produced from such labor of doing such inward work is priceless, and something that bridges the gap between how we think the world works and how God had intended things to work. This past week I read a story that was one of those rare occasions that uh, really lifts up your heart. And it was a story that had reinforced my hope in humanity and the importance of taking the time then to look deep within our hearts as well. This article talked about, uh, this, this article had talked about a late police officer who arrived in front of a Cincinnati barbershop to find a group of black men standing outside. The officer approached the group and shook his head. And when one of the men asked what was wrong, the officer said someone had made a false report. There was a moment of silence as both sides acknowledged what had happened. 
But then the group of black men asked if the officer wanted to come inside. Because you see, the barbershop had just won an award and grant money that would be used to benefit the local community. The officer at first declined, saying that he didn't want to spoil the celebration. But then one of the men told the officer that someone has to take the first step in healing these relationships. The same man then continued to say to the officer that a former football player by the name of Jerome Bettis was inside. To which then the officer's face lit up with a smile. It was one of those moments of camaraderie, a moment of fellowship, a moment of healing, a moment that was only able to take place because people were able to take a step back, look inside themselves, and find something that went beyond themselves and took them to a place of discomfort and growth. You see, we have to start somewhere. This is a truth we can ignore. Some things are about rules and traditions, but most of the time we'll find that we need to stretch ourselves in order to catch a glimpse of what it means to be in harmony with one another and with God. Because when we choose to see each other, and also, importantly, ourselves, as human beings created in the image of God, the rules don't seem to matter as much anymore. And our priority instead becomes grounded on how we protect that spark of the divine. So this week I'm going to ask that you dedicate some time in prayer and meditation, looking inward, doing that uncomfortable work of looking inside your heart, and consider the following things. I know I don't ask you to take notes, usually, so if you want to, you can. Otherwise, feel free to listen. But I would ask you to consider doing the following. I'd ask that you spend some time in prayer, just talking with God. It doesn't have to be anything formal or anything like that. You can sit either in a quiet place with your eyes closed or perhaps even go out for a walk, just having a conversation in your head with God about the things that are important to you. Second, I ask that you consider again the passage for today, in light of all the pleas for help that we hear on a daily basis. More importantly, I ask that you consider this passage in light of the fact that Jesus took the time and the energy to be with people of all walks of life. You may be surprised in this conversation how God replies to your previous remarks, and you may be surprised. And you may find that you have more questions as well, which is totally okay with God. And lastly, I would ask that you take some time to care for yourselves. I'd ask again that you take some time to care for yourselves. Take time for a break from the busyness, the messiness of life. And if you're as plugged into the internet as I am, perhaps that means unplugging. If you're someone who needs permission for that kind of break, I give it to you, and you can blame me when someone says, why didn't you respond to that text message? Because we all need a little time to rejuvenate, recharge our souls. 
We know that we need to take care of our bodies, but we don't always pay attention to what our souls need. You and I, you and I are daughters, our sons, and beloved children of the living God. A God who placed themselves on a cross because God's very nature was grounded on love and those who cry out in prayer. There's a power to be found in taking the effort of taking stock of what matters in our lives. And that inward spirit of ours, that inward spirit then has the ability to break out into the world around us, enabling to work with hands that heal instead of harm. And it can start with a simple look at what lies at the center of our very being. I'm always up for a challenge. I'm always up for having my world turned upside down by Jesus. What about you? 